Good morning, Chosen. You guys doing good? Have you had your coffee? Two cups of coffee. I'm on two, two down. Three cups of coffee. Okay. Coffee is tasting good this morning. And uh, I'm going to tell you this. I am so grateful to be with you because... One, I am away from my children, so thank you for that. But secondly, this is my first gathering in over six months. And, uh, and to do it with a group of women that have faith and expectation, I mean, I couldn't think of any better way to have my first gathering. And uh, if you see me crying, um, it's not because I heard that they just gave an incredible, beautiful mom a whole bunch of gifts. The best part of the gift package was deep cleaning. I mean, <laughs> you had me at deep cleaning session. But... Um, such a beautiful moment of honor. We, um, you're incredible, all that you do. All the moms, we honor you uh, this morning. But I'm grateful to be here because I'm grateful that we get to connect this morning. And uh, we have this saying in the, in the midst of the pandemic, we, we always said we're, we're quarantined, but we're connected. And uh, I don't know about you, but when you're disconnected or when there's distance, it can bring distortion. And when there's distance, there can be distraction that takes place. Or when you're isolated, you, you, there, you give room and there's, there's an allowing moment where the enemy can seep in to make you feel alone to make you feel isolated. And so I just think that this is a beautiful moment this morning that we not only get to connect with one another, but we get to connect with the presence of Jesus and that we get to connect with all different types of women that are in different places of their journey. And so I'm grateful to be here. So uh, I might start crying because this is really special for me. My first gathering, I'm so excited to be here. Um, if you have your Bible, you can follow on in the screen. Um, I'm going to ask you to turn to a familiar portion of Scripture in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. But if you are a mom here, go ahead and wave at me. Okay. Oh, wow, so many moms in the building. And uh, I am from Los Angeles, where that means that we are not gathering yet uh, in church and that our kids are not back at school. So I'm doing distance learning. Someone said, oh, you're doing the homeschooling thing. I'm like, no, homeschool moms signed up for that. And um, you are my real life hero. And uh, I am, we're doing our best, but uh, we have three kids. They're three kids that are in school full-time. So we have two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Mom. You know, just kidding. Um, but everyone's about to turn. Um, their birthdays are all coming up starting on Monday. My five-year-old is, uh, is going to turn. So I've got first grade, third grade, and um, transitional kindergarten, we call it like pre-K. And they're all on screens, and we're working and surviving and drinking a lot of coffee and doing our best. Um, but it's just so great to be here. So um, if you are a mom here, and um, you just decide to black out and just take a nap, that's fine. I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit encourages you. And, um, you know, I mean, you're here. 
with no children. So just, you get what you want out of this and consider it a win. Yeah, someone went like this in the back. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us like COVID calories. And let us run. Everyone say run. Okay. You guys are like, I don't do cardio. Everyone say run. There we go. With endurance, the race that is set before us, not the race that we determined, but the race that Jesus set before us. Looking to Jesus, not to Oprah, not to books, not to TikToks, not to Instagram quotes, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, everyone say joy, I don't know about you, but I need more joy today, that was set before him, he endured the, the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne. Come on, who here is thankful for the perfecter of our faith, the one who is seated and in control, looking down, saying, you know, I don't know what your 2020 is looking like, but I'm seated. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm in control. I am the God of the universe. I know exactly where you're headed. I set that path out before you. I am in control. And uh, if you're taking notes uh, this morning, I've titled this message, this talk for the next 30 minutes, Run Like a Girl. Run like a girl. And uh, maybe that to you looks like Phoebe from Friends, and it's, it has a stigma, and it's gangly, and it's awkward. But when stigmas are placed, two things can happen. One is we can allow other people to start determining what that looks like. And secondly, we can start to believe all the all the knots over the IMs. And by the end of this, I want us to feel encouraged that running like a girl is not a stigma. It's not less than. It is a specific course with our specific feminine identity bent and creation that we get to run in the course that he has set out for us. Amen? Let's pray together. God, we thank you that we have the privilege and opportunity to be in your presence. We don't take that lightly. I thank you for every person that has come here today, every woman, young, old, single, married. God, I thank you for everyone here that we, we're just asking you right now in this moment to encourage our hearts. Mend us in the areas that only you can heal. Jesus, we look to you the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, um, we are, whatever, six months, 5,000 days in COVID, it feels like. Uh, my kids constantly uh, ask Alexa, who sits in our kitchen, Alexa, when will the coronavirus be over, you know? And uh, sometimes it feels like, you know, like it's an eternity of a duration. And maybe that's because I have kids that are home 24-7. And um, I... 
You know, I think during this time, we've all, you know, lost our our path a little bit, you know, um, lost our path in our eating, lost our path in um, our exercise habits, and um, I'm the captain of uh, that run team. So we decided finally after six months to take action. We were like, we've lost our gym memberships, we're not exercising regularly, so we are going to purchase a treadmill. Now, our treadmill came this week, and uh, we put it in the garage, and I mean, this was the most exciting thing that came into our family. I mean, my kids just like, they, they think this is a toy, but they're obviously not allowed to get on it. And so my husband and I, we take, I mean, this is like the Tesla of treadmill. So we take these classes on our treadmill, and um, it's on the screen, this girl, she speaks to me, and she like, you know, tells me how to speed up and to slow down. And so my husband will take the, his class and then I'll get on and take my class. And um, she says this phrase all the time. She says, I only run with royalty. And she, you know where this is heading. She goes, girl, you are a queen. And I, I mean, you would think that this person is speaking right to my soul. And I'm looking around to all my kids who are just watching me. And I'm like, you hear that? I am royalty, you know? I know that I'm not dressing like it lately, and I have 2,000 pairs of sweatpants, but kids, everyone, and all of a sudden, my kids are chanting, mom is queen, mom is queen, and I'm just like, I can run faster. I'm like, that's right, girl. I am royalty. I am running with a queen, you know, and um, Sometimes I'm like, I just feel like I need to hear that encouragement that even though the course that feels like it has twists and turns and maybe sometimes huge leaps off of cliffs, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's helpful to know that when I'm running, I'm feeling encouraged like a queen. How many times have we found ourselves looking at other people's courses. And now my husband and I, we're both firstborns, and uh, that means that we know exactly what we want, and we have tendency to compete with one another. <laughs> okay, and um, so he's, uh, if you've met my husband, you will see him this evening. Um, he has legs like a gazelle, and he can run very fast, but he also has legs like the model gazelle, you know? So it is like, it's every girl's dreams, but he obviously runs at a different pace than I can. And, so, and it sometimes frustrates me because I want to I wanna speed up and, and be able to run with him or as fast as he can. And... Um, Sometimes we find ourselves looking at other people's pace or lane that is set out for them. And we're staring so much at their lane and their course in life that what we do is we get distracted and we start looking at theirs. And what happens is, is, is when we're not looking at our prize or our course that are set, is set out for us, we start to begin to merge into their lane. And we get so fixated on defeating and winning and beating them that toxic thoughts start to seep in. And we start not to get proud of our lane and the lane that, and the, and the, the legs that he's given us to run and the body that he's made for us. And we want to run in their lane because their lane looks faster, more desirable. 
But I want to just encourage you that when we're looking so much over here, we lose sight at the beautiful purpose that he has set out for us. Each and every one of us have a designed lane that he has created for us. I want to show you um, what, to be honest, what 2020 has looked like when we're talking about running in my in my home, uh, we have a famous runner. His name is Maverick, and uh, he's four. So why don't we check this out? And this is sometimes how we feel as runners. What's wrong, buddy? We gotta keep running. We gotta keep racing. Hey, dude, you're a winner. We gotta finish strong, okay? Okay, let's do it. So let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's finish strong. Guys, stop! You on? Guys, stop! What's Allie? My my back. Good job, Mavi. Come on, Mav. You got it. Go, cross. Finish, Mav, finish. Finish, Mavi. Yeah. You did it, Mav. Mav, Mav, how do you feel? Give it up for Maverick. What's wrong, buddy? We got to keep running. I mean... I don't know about you, but I can relate with that. I don't, I don't want to keep going. My back hurts. But I love at the end of his 1K, you know, just one little loop, he sees dad and he scoops him up and he's like, I mean, just that feeling of proud. If you're taking notes, what it looks like to run with a girl, number one, it says in Hebrews, it says run with endurance. I mean, when I read this, you get this vision of this track and these, these, these track stars. And, 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 and I, when I think of runners, I, I think of sprinters. I think of, you know, there's, there's an allure. There's, there's a sexiness about a sprinter. We can name the fastest people in the world. But you know what they're referring to is that this course, this life, is one where the goal is to finish well is to run with sustainability, to run where our soul is in a place that we can endure the tests and the trials of many kind. And we can have a perspective that we're to run with endurance. In Galatians 6, verses 9, I love, it says, and let us not grow weary. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like Mav, where I'm, I'm weary. You know, running, sometimes I, I'm like, I'm going to just fake my own asthma or an injury so I can just take a break, you know? You ever breathe so hard when you're running? Maybe it's in life or maybe it's real running where you're convinced you have asthma. I'm like, do I have COVID? No, I'm just out of shape, okay? And it says don't grow weary of doing good, of, of doing what your purpose to do. Because in due season... I don't know about you, but I look forward to the seasons where we reap. We will reap if we just simply, what does it say? Do not give up. Everyone say, do not give up. 
I don't know if you've said this in the last six months, but I have used the verbiage, I'm over it. I'm over it. But when we get weary and we allow ourselves to go there, I'm over it. I want to quit. I'm on the brink of being done. Maybe you're here and you're, you're like, uh, don't look at me right now because I'm actually walking in in this position. I feel like I want to quit. Do not grow weary and giving up. Run with endurance. I love so much that we're celebrating. Is this 16 years? Is this right? 16 years of, cho- uh, of this conference. And, and then the church has been going thir- 30 plus years. 36 years. That is incredible. I think we should honor Pastor Cindy and Rick for your faithfulness. When my husband and I started Zoe Church in Los Angeles, we had the end in mind. We didn't want to sprint. We didn't want to grow weary. We wanted to know what it was to endure, to sustain, to finish well. We had 30 plus years in mind. How can we run the course that we have been given that it doesn't look like their course or that course, the course that we've been given, we run with endurance. Why? Because he endured for us. Because he had you and I in mind when he endured for us. You with us? To run like a girl, number two, we run together. We don't run alone. Why are we here today? Because we actually need each other. And you're like, this is kind of intimidating. I don't know where to sit. That's okay. You can find a seat distance today, and it's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. I think it can be intimidating to walk into a room of women, to not know where I fit, who my people are. I think that stems down to a place of really asking myself, are they for me? Do they believe in me? You know, I, my kids, I have, I have a daughter and then I have three boys. And my three boys are really competitive. And um, they always are like, I win. No, I win. I win. I win. And they're first to say, no, no, no. He did this. And he, mom, dad, he did this. He cheated. And I think a lot of times, if we're honest, we look at other people's lane. And we compare and we, we say, oh, they cheated. They were, they were from the right, the right home. They cheated. They got the promotion before I did because they look the certain way. You know, they, they don't have the hard road that I have. They don't, they don't have the path. And so what happens is we look at them and we're like, I, I, I can't celebrate you because you're passing me up. Can we be women that allow others to win And actually go a step further and let their win be our win. And then take the next step and say, hey, when you win, I win. And we all win. You know, my my boys, we were 
at an appointment and this old cranky man who obviously did not have children nor like children, um, my kids love to just push the elevator button and you know, they're running and it's like always a competition to hit the button. And we, um, this man just steps right in front of my children and pushes it before them, kind of looks at them. I'm like, okay, who hurt you? You know? And, um, I mean, my kids were like appalled. We get into that elevator. I mean, there's nothing like an awkward elevator. You know, you're just trying to like look at your phone that doesn't have service, you know. And I'm like, and sure enough, my kid just looks up straight at this man and just points at him. I mean, leave it to children to call it the way it is. They're like, cheater! You cheater! I'm like, shh. Everyone, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, their father's, you know, been God. I mean, just like making all these excuses. But we start finding ourselves in those positions where we're like making excuses or we're like, you know, like they were faster because this. And, you know, they were, and we just start looking at their lane instead of our lane. And we just allow comparison to kill our stride and to kill our pace and to kill our momentum. And we got to crush those eyes that start swiveling and looking at theirs and our inability to celebrate theirs. And what happens when we link arm, arm and arm together with women? We're stronger together. That's why today is so beautiful because I don't, I don't think the enemy is scared of a large gathering, but he's terrified of a unified gathering of women where we can stand together and say, I celebrate you. I celebrate your success. When you tell me you got the promotion that I've been praying for for 10 years, I don't grip my teeth and say, well, she cheated. I say, congratulations. I want to celebrate women. I don't know about you, but you know what that takes? That takes me allowing women to run with me. It allows me to be vulnerable and to be raw and to be authentic and say, you know what? I might not be able to run right now. I'm on the verge of quitting. I'm kind of crawling right now, if I'm honest, but I need you to strengthen me and pick me up. I need to find my pace again and my stride again. Let's run together. You with me? Number three, run free. He says, and we've heard this before, Paul describes the sin that weighs upon us. It's heavy. It's burdensome. And and I... I want to run light. I want to run free. I want to feel the levity of life. I want to experience that joy. And in order to do that, I have to lay aside the sin, the unforgiveness, the anger, the bitterness, the areas of my soul that need soul healing. It says, lay aside the weights, put down the grudge, lose the things. And in that place, we can run free. We can feel it. And uh, in 1967, there was a woman that maybe some of you have heard of. And uh, her name was Kathy Switzer. And she was the first woman to complete the Boston Marathon. And she was the first woman to enter into the Boston Marathon when actually women were not allowed to run. 
the marathon, and she entered under her initials, K.V. Switzer. And something interesting took place when she started in her course of her marathon. Right in the first couple miles, there is an official that tried to take her bib number off of her chest to remove her identity, her number that was imprinted on her to disqualify her from continuing to run. And I have an image I think that we can show. There she is. And that's her boyfriend right there, just kind of like, you get out of her way and let her do her thing. And the official is behind her, and he's trying to reach her identity that she's capable, that she's called, that she's able. And I look at this image, and it just is a picture of sometimes how we feel where someone is trying to take out the I am's. I am strong. I am courageous. I am enough. I am qualified. I can do this. I am, I am. And, and sometimes we allow the I'm nots to seep in. Can we be committed to letting the I am's be louder than the I'm not? And Kathy says this beautiful quote, and she says, I forgave Jock Semple, who's the race official right there, his action on the Boston race just around the time I got to Heartbreak Hill. And if you know the race course, that's right in the beginning. She said, because I had 24 miles left to go, and you cannot run 24 miles and stay angry. Isn't that the truth? We cannot continue in finishing well if we're holding on to things that are disqualifying us. Do not let the enemy grab a hold of the identity and replace it with things of anger and sin and weights. What are these things that continue to weigh us down? It could be something, a seed so small that that root deters us from the fruit that, that God has intended for us. In 1 Corinthians 9, it says, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But Paul says, I discipline my body. I keep it under control. I condition my heart. I protect my soul. Because I know that I could become disqualified. I know the importance of the call that is ahead of me. The God dream that I want to steward. I want to discipline my heart. I want to discipline my body so that I can run free. You can be forgiven from your sin, but it would slow you down. So let's run freely in the free course that's been so generously given to us. And um, lastly, to run like a girl, we need to take a seat. You're like, wait a minute. I want to run. I'm ready to go. Okay, I, 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 I've, got, I've got fresh motivation. I can see the course. I can see that he's set a purpose out before me. What do you mean, take a seat? Now, I don't know about you, I am a doer. And uh, in the Bible, we, we know the story of Martha and Mary. 
In Luke, it says, as Jesus' disciples were on their way, they were passing through. A lot of times, um, our 2020, we were on our way to our, 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 our mood board. We were on our way to getting that promotion in business. We were on our way to achieving our goals. Jesus was on his way, and there was a divine interruption that took place. And a lot of times, our interruptions in life, like we're in today, they have divine miracles in the midst of it. And Jesus tells this story. And in Luke it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village. And if we see where the village that Martha's home was, it's very close to where he was headed. A lot of times we don't like take a detour or we stop right at the end of a finish line. Maybe you were so close in 2020 to achieving something that you've been working hard towards. And right then, Jesus did a little interruption. And he shows up and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister and we know the rest of the story. Her name was Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And Martha was distracted, and Martha was this, and she was preparing the food. And if I'm being really honest today, I mean, we're all honest together this morning. I relate with Martha. Martha's a doer. She's an earner. And uh, I like to do. Productivity is my dopamine, you know? And um, sometimes when I'm anxious or I'm, I'm challenged. I, I tend to do. I tend to clean and to be productive. And he says, and Mary sat. And so Mary gets to be the hero of this story. And I'm like, well, well hold on, Jesus. Martha's my girl. It says it was Martha's home. It was Martha's mortgage. Mary's the freeloader, you know. She is like, everything is butterflies and flowers. I'm Enneagram 4, wing chill. Like, I just want to dance in his presence and just, you know, like, just lay on the couch, do my, like, two-hour-a-week contract work and just sleep until 11. Yes, Jesus, I get to sit in your presence. I'm like, that's because you have no worries, Mary. You know, Martha's, like, carrying the weight. I'm like, I got four kids doing distance learning. Like, this is hard, Jesus. I'm Martha, you know. But I look at that scripture verse and I'm like, he says at the end, he says that Mary has chosen what is better. In some translations, it says what is needed, what is necessary. And I thought about what is needed to run require some sitting seasons. And uh, there's nothing worse than being injured. I broke my foot and uh, a couple years ago when my youngest was six weeks old. And um, it was a really bad break, sprain. And my husband will say it's the worst thing that ever happened to him. But um, it's challenging to be sitting when you want to run. It's challenging to take a seat when you want to go. 
But I learned something in the sitting season. And when I was healing, I went to physical therapy and I was like, okay, put me on the treadmill. Let's do this. And um, they're like, no, 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 no. We have to stretch and we have to strengthen. And we have to get your core right. I was like, what's a core? You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And um, what they're saying is that the fundamental part of you has to be strong before you can go ahead and run and carry out the call that he has for you. Because what happens if we run an injury? We injure more. We run on margin. We run in a way that we're not supposed to. And I look at this store and I was like, oh, man, God, I don't want to sit. I want to go. I don't want to be merry. I want to do. I want to earn. I want to. And I've been really honest. That's sometimes how I see love. It's hard for me sometimes to accept and to receive his grace because I, I feel like I want to do and I want to earn it. And what a beautiful picture of Mary just sitting down, taking a seat. Are you feeling overwhelmed here today? Burn out on the edge of quitting the course that he set out for you? Take a seat in his presence. Are you feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. Seems overwhelming. I'm fatigued. Take a seat in the one who is healer. Maybe if you're like, God, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. I, the economy is in a tough place. Take a seat and know that he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Take a seat in who he is. Take a seat in his love. Take a seat in his presence. What did Jesus do before he had you in mind when he went to the cross? He took a seat in the garden with his father. He filled up so he could give out. We cannot give what we do not have. And we cannot run when we have not trained and prepared. And then I had this beautiful revelation about Mary, who I was like, oh, okay, Mary, so you just take a seat and you lay on Martha's couch, I get it, you know. You're not a runner. But I, oh my God, you've put dreams in my heart and I wanna go and I wanna do. And then I found in John this beautiful verse in 20 verses 1 through 2, it says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, after Jesus went to the cross and he died and he was in the tomb, Mary, there she is, went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And it says, so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one that Jesus loved and said, they had taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So she came running. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Mary is not a runner. She's the fake asthma, fake injury girl, you know, so she can take a nap when her girlfriend Martha, her sister, is sprinting around the course getting things done. 
See, Mary had this moment that she's like, I'm going to run. And I'm going to go communicate. I'm going to be the first one to share the good news of the resurrection power of the gospel. Because when I've been sitting in his presence, and when it's time, I'm so filled up that I'm ready to run the course that he has set out for us. His prize is grace. And grace is a person named Jesus. And when he was on that cross, he had you and I in mind so that when we can receive the free gift of grace, we can continue to run with endurance. And with his grace, we can be free of sin that weighs us down. And we can run together because his grace can heal our hearts of comparison. And we can run together in strength and run faster and more united. Are you ready to run? the course that he has set out for you. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes here this morning. And I know about you, but when I'm in a room like this, I want his presence to do the thing that only his presence can do. And I'm going to invite us right now just to spend a few minutes just accepting him to give us strength and endurance to continue the race that he set before us. God, we look to you. God, we're taking a seat this morning. We're resting in who you are. When we're feeling overwhelmed and depleted, Maybe there's an injury in our soul. God, we ask that you would be the surgeon that mends the wound that only you can do. Maybe we're here and there's unforgiveness. There's the weight of sin that's entangling us, that's tripping us up from moving forward in the course that you have for us. We pray that you would remove it right now. Maybe we're here and we're saying, I'm so busy looking at her lane that there's collision and I'm swerving into someone else's lane because I want their lane so bad. I'm comparing. There's collateral damage. God, let me celebrate others. Let me let her win be my win. Heal us of comparison. God, give us strength today. And I pray for those who are wanting to quit, who maybe even this week came in saying, I'm done. Maybe done with life. Maybe done with marriage. God, thank you that you're reminding us that if we simply don't give up, that we will reap in due season. God, I pray for every person in here. Give us strength to endure, but give us joy to continue the race that you have set out before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys.